A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning, a white Friday morning here at Wax. Chore time here at the shank of the day. Bob with you to do the chores this morning. Jill, I don't know if she's home. I don't know if she's battling snow or having calves at the Welke Land and Cattle Company, but uh, Jill's not in with us this morning, so we'll get the chores done all by ourselves. Mayberry, USA. So, again, we get started with a white Friday morning out there, and uh, plowing is getting done, but uh, I don't know. They said we'd get two or three inches. I think we got four or five out there. We'll check with Mike Dandry a little bit later on and find out how much snow we got. It's not done yet, although it's very light and just at least around here. I know it's still snowing in some areas, and it, it will till later on this morning, it looks like, and then maybe a little bit more over the weekend, but it's uh, light and fluffy. It doesn't seem like it's a real heavy, wet snow like we had the other day, so not so hard to move this time. Well, high school basketball tournaments are underway, and one out of two yesterday. Lacrosse Aquinas from our area won yesterday in the girls' tournament. Colfax got beat last night. And this morning, we've got more. Chippewa Falls McDonald's will play a little after 9 o'clock this morning. And then following that game, about, I don't know, half an hour or something like that after that game, Blair Taylor will play. So good luck to uh, the Blair Taylor and Chippewa Falls McDonald's girls basketball teams down there at Green Bay for the boy, uh, for the uh, girls basketball tournament. The boys will have their sectional finals and then the next weekend uh, about St. Patrick's Day we'll get into the boys tournament down in Madison. As far as our news is concerned we'll look at that uh, report supply and demand report that came out this week. Uh, the house is getting on to it with the Dairy Pride Act and also uh, other food labels making the news and later on this morning we'll know who the finalists are to become our 76th 
Alice in Dairyland. Yeah, spring means a selection of Alice. Finalists named today, and the finals will be in May down in uh, Walworth County. So, again, we're getting closer to spring, but it <laughs> doesn't look like it out there, though. The weather is white all over the area. I think over towards uh, southern and eastern Wisconsin is where they got the most snow, but uh, we got some we got to deal with this morning. We'll talk about that and uh, lots of our farm news calendar, things going on. It's a busy Friday morning, even with the snow. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Snow is wrapping up around the state and around our area. It'll be a cloudy day. Not too much breeze, although there'll be something, but the snow hasn't blown around too bad. The plows are out getting their job done, so again, uh, give them room and let them get it cleared. About 35, the high today, then down to 23 tonight. Tomorrow, it looks like more snow over the weekend, actually. thirty Low 30s on Saturday and Sunday. Partly cloudy on Monday and Tuesday as temperatures again around 30 to the low 30s. Right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, we've got 28 degrees. So, again, if you're going to get up and uh, do chores a little early, you might have to get the skid steer out and move a little snow to get down to the barn this morning. Some places it's a little bit heavy. At 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. How about some news this morning? New York prosecutors indicate former President Trump is likely to face criminal charges for his alleged role in hush money payments made to an adult film star. Mark Mayfield with more. The New York Times reports that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has offered Trump his right to testify before a grand jury next week. The probe centers around a payment to Stormy Daniels before the 2016 presidential election. Trump's former personal lawyer has admitted to paying Daniels $130,000 over an affair that Daniels said she had with Trump. I'm Mark Mayfield. The president is calling on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to put forward a budget from Republicans. I'm ready to meet with the speaker anytime, tomorrow, if he has his budget. Lay it down. Tell me what you want to do. I'll show you what I want to do. See what we can agree on. While speaking in Philadelphia, Biden unveiled his own budget proposal and outlined his priorities on education, health care and other issues at a union hall. The budget includes a new billionaire tax, an increase on the tax for corporate stock buybacks, and an increase on the Medicare tax for those making more than $400,000 annually. The White House estimates the budget could cut the deficit by nearly $3 trillion over 10 years. NASA is asking for more money to support what it calls the world's best workforce. That's what NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said yesterday after President Biden revealed his budget request for fiscal year 2024. The budget includes more than $27 billion for NASA. West Virginia wants to take its law about transgender athletes and women's sports to the Supreme Court. The law that bans male student athletes who identify as female from playing on girls' school sports was put on hold by a federal court, and the state's attorney general isn't happy. West Virginians and the American people are animated. They know this is a matter of basic common sense and basic fairness. I'm Michael Kastner. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Snow still falling in some parts of our listening area, but it uh, will, at least this round, will end here later on today. We'll get about 35. Saturday and Sunday, a little more snow likely around the area. Temperature's going to be in the low to mid-30s. 
And then just partly cloudy on Monday and Tuesday. I don't know. I think we got four, maybe three, four inches around Eau Claire. Not sure what the rest of the state got, but we'll check in with Mike Dandry a little bit later on. Nice out there this morning. Rice Lake, Wausau, Marshfield, all at 26 degrees. Medford, 24. La Crosse, Green Bay, 29. is 31 down in the Madison Sun Prairie area. 33 at Milwaukee and 28 degrees right outside the barn door here. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's look at our rural mutual insurance market report. Uh, cash livestock trade, uh, good strong markets this week. Choice fed beef steers have been trading a dollar and a half to 172, mixed 138 to 150. Choice fed Holstein or choice fed beef steers 150 to one or beef heifers rather. Jill always does this, so I'm out of practice. Choice fed beef heifers 150 to 172, and the mix 133 to 150. Choice fed Holstein steers 133 to 148. Select and silage fed 116 to 132. Cows 76 to 114. Bulls 98 to 116. Butcher hog this week trading 45 to 67. Sows 53 to 55 and the boars 18 to 25 and a half. Unshorn market lambs 125 to 147. The feeder lambs 150 to 380. Ewes traded this week 65 to 115. Small goats 35 to 180. Medium goats 125 to $200. The large goats 150 to 340. And the nanny goats 125 to 265. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, livestock futures were down. And the hogs were mixed, but mostly lower. April live cattle one sixty four eighty down sixty five. June one fifty nine sixty seven down ninety seven. August live cattle one fifty nine thirty five down eighty two. And October at one sixty four seventeen down seventy seven. Feeder cattle for April down ninety two at one ninety nine fifteen. May feeder cattle two o five forty seven down sixty seven. August two eighteen fifty five. Down 115 in September at 220.95, down 112. April hogs down 67 at 85.07. May down 92 at uh, 92.75, down 42. June $100.45 a hundred. That's up 17 cents. And July at 102.75, that was up seven. On the board of trade, the uh, market. Near-month markets closed lower, some market liquidation, a little hangover from that USDA report, and really how big is the South American crop, so a lot of uncertainty yesterday. Looking out to July futures overnight, July corn up a penny at 6.03, the oats down 6 at 3.43, July wheat down 1 to 2 at 6.78, July soybeans down another nickel, 14.93, and meal down 3.90 a ton at $474 even. And the uh, cheese prices barrels up three and three quarters, one seventy three and a half. The blocks up two and three quarters, one eighty two and a half. Butter up a quarter of a cent at two thirty three and a quarter. March class three up eight cents, seventeen seventy six. April and May both up twenty four. April at seventeen seventy five. The May contract seventeen ninety nine. June up seventeen at eighteen forty. July also up seventeen at eighteen ninety seven. Class three prices through October were higher. Taking care of your trees and shrubs in the wintertime. We'll find out some ways to do that and what weather does to those bushes and trees during the winter. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Snow can be a blessing and a curse when it comes to your plants. 
whether it's your shrubs or the trees that are in your yard. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jonathan Stickles, operation manager at Mariani Plants, says snow can actually serve as an insulator for plants. It's really the ice that's the biggest detriment to any of these plants. He provides insight into just how much of an impact that it can have on the nursery industry. But first, he shares more about his business, Mariani Plants. We're in two locations, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, is where we have 500 acres of tree production. That is in-ground trees, so what you'd call ball and burlap harvesting. So um, a soil ball is harvested out of the ground with the tree, and those are kind of our larger landscape-grade trees. Uh, Then we also have, in Garden Prairie, Illinois, 100 acres of container perennials, shrubs, and uh, trees that are grown in a special pot called an accelerator that helps with the root growth. So how does the latest snowstorm that we got and any upcoming, as we are still in the heart of winter, affect shrubs and other nursery plants? You know, the good thing about snow is it's an insulator, so it actually does help the plants. It's really the ice that we saw through this last storm that's the biggest detriment to any of these plants. It, you know, spreads them out, splits them open, causes wounds that, you know, can cause problems down the road. How important is it to wrap those plants from that ice or that frost beforehand? It's a difficult task. The industrial side where we're, we've got lots of plants, uh, we do cover them in hoop houses. They have plastic, and uh, that helps keep them safe. But plants that are kind of out in our nurseries where uh, we're growing in the field, we just kind of have to hope for the best. On plants that have multiple stems, similar to bushes, you can tie them up to keep those branches tight to help uh, with the load, and uh, that's about all you can do, and cross your fingers. What can you do to actually prepare for a snowstorm? If you know it's coming, what are some steps you can take to kind of help ease those plants and those things through that bad weather? There's really not a whole lot you can do other than, you know, those shrub-type plants. You can tie them up if if you can get around them and um, help keep them sturdy that way. But otherwise, I mean, they're they're built for nature. So, you know, you just kind of have to hope that uh, they can weather the storm. And, you know, the right plants in the right place uh, makes a big difference. What kind of long-term effects can snow or that ice have on these plants? How do you even evaluate the damage? Or when can you? Is it as soon as that snow is done snowing? not for another month, or how do you really go through that, in a sense, life cycle that is affected? It's kind of complex sometimes because uh, depending on what time of the year you're getting that type of, uh, you know, ice or or snow uh, really makes a difference in, in what kind of damage you'll see. Sometimes when you have a lot of snow and a lot of sunny days on the uh, southwest side of trees, uh, what will happen is the reflection will get uh, really bright on trunks, uh, especially of trees with thin bark like maples, and you can get blistering of the bark or even it cracking open. And sometimes, you know, if it's really extreme temperature changes, you'll see those cracks form quickly. But other times, you know, you may not see a crack form until the plant really starts growing into May. On the ice side, you know, most of the damage that you're going to see from ice is pretty um, instant. Uh, you will see branches breaking out of trees, obviously, or bending them over uh, to a point that they may never kind of get back to the shape 
they were in previously. Uh, if it's a time like this, which is a little bit, um, you know, scary for the nursery industry, actually is the warmth and then having these events. So if the plants start to want to grow and you, you get these cold, you know, freezing events, uh, it can really hurt the buds on the plants and, you know, either cause um, dieback of the plant or uh, just stunting of the growth in the springtime. And again, I looked out of my lilac bushes the other day. <laughs> They're all bent over from the heavy, wet snow we've had all winter, but I can't really get at them to try and help them. So hopefully the lilacs will make it through. I don't know if yours are in the same problem, uh, same situation, but again, snow, not so bad. Good stuff for insulation. Ice is the problem. Jonathan Stickles talking to uh, Stephanie this morning. Jonathan, operations manager at Mariani Plants down in southeast Wisconsin. It's a quarter after five at WAC. Snow will be ending if it hasn't already. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Let's take a look at some news. The USDA released its March World Agriculture Supply and Demand Report this week. Corn exports and the size and condition of the South American crop and soybean crops caught the most attention from grain traders. Now that report lowered our corn exports for this year by more than most people thought. Export dropped 75 million bushels, putting our ending stocks just over 1.34 billion. That drop was about 40 million bushels more than had been expected. That also reduced the expected average corn price for this year by a dime down to 660 a bushel. Report also lowered the expected size of Argentina's corn crop by about 7 million metric tons, down to 40 million with their expected exports falling to 28 million metric tons or just over 1 billion bushels. For soybeans, our export expectations were increased by 25 million bushels. Crush numbers, though, were dropped by 10 million. That led economists to forecast our soybean price will average 1430 this year. And some members of the House, including Wisconsin 3rd District Congressman Derek Van Orden, have followed the lead of the Senate to introduce the Bipartisan Dairy Pride Act. The bill, if passed, would stop non-dairy products from using a dairy label and misaligning nutrient-deficient products with dairy products produced by our dairy farmers. The bill would require products that come from seeds, plants, algae, and nuts would no longer be able to use the term milk or any other dairy product name on their labels. And, uh, again, later this morning, we'll know who the six young ladies are that will be finalists to be our 76th Allison Dairyland. That announcement will come from the site of the finals down in Walworth County, down in southeast Wisconsin. The Alice finals will be May third or May 11th through the 13th. Alice crowned on the 13th, and uh, she will take her full-time position starting on July 1st. So that's what's going on there. More news later on. We're going to find out what the corn growers are thinking. Uh, go all the way back to the Corn Soy Conference to talk to some of the leaders of the corn industry in this country. What challenges they see ahead. We'll do that next right here on WAC. Keeping it rural. WAC's 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. At the recent Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, corn and soybean representatives from state and national organizations were there to talk about what's ahead and what we've done in the past. 
Representing the National Corn Growers Association was Ann Thompson, director of the political action campaign for the corn growers, as well as a political strategist. And we talked to Ann Thompson about what she sees and the corn growers see as the challenges going forward, forming new alliances as the Republicans take over the House, and as we start putting together a farm bill, we asked her what the corn growers are looking at and uh, what kind of things they think they need for the farm bill and also for world trade deals that we haven't made for about the last 10 years to find new markets. That's a great question, Bob. You know, with the new Congress comes a lot of question marks, and, and this year is certainly no exception to that. Um, a, a, the Farm Bill is typically a bipartisan bill, which is great. That's it's how we've achieved success over the you know past several decades. Um, but in a divided Congress, that can be a challenge. You know, the, the House is controlled by Republicans. Their bill will likely look very different from what a Senate controlled by Democrats will look like. And so how we kind of bring that to a compromise, I think there's there's still a lot of question marks out there right now. How much contact have you had with the new leadership in the House, the House Agriculture Committee, Congressman Thompson from Pennsylvania, different from Mr. Scott, who was, uh, who was there under the Democrats? What kind of interaction have you had so far? We've really had great interaction with both of them, Bob. Um, you know, I think Chairman Thompson now um, kind of saw saw the writing on the wall and and kind of anticipated that he would he would take this gavel at the beginning of the 118th Congress and he really did a lot of great homework. He traveled the countryside over the last two years. He's met with sugar beet growers in Michigan. He's met with lettuce producers in California, cotton growers in Texas. He's put in a lot of time, a lot of mileage um, to kind of start to understand you know the needs of the growers in the countryside as he takes on this role as as the chairman of the committee. And as we look at uh, some of the proposals, he would like to do something that obviously corn growers, commodity producers in this country, he wants to strengthen crop insurance. What kind of feeling have you got and in, in what ways does he want to work with crop insurance to uh, improve it from where it is already? One of our top five farm bill priorities is is to protect crop insurance, and and we're using the word protect right there because I think um, right now we we just don't want to see any harm done to the program. If if there are ways we can talk about strengthening the program as as the bill comes together and the negotiations are taking place, I think that would be excellent. But um, you know we don't know if the, if that's going to be possible in this budget environment that we're dealing with. So you know I think our our position right now is strengthen or protect and we'll, we'll see where where that takes us. Do you get the feeling from Mr. Thompson that that's exactly what he wants to do, protect what we have and possibly build on it, which I would think the corn growers would like? Absolutely, I hope so. From, from, from our understanding, that's right. There are a lot of other issues that uh, you have to deal with, of course, and one of those being the, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement and, you know, with dairy, it's U.S. and Canada. With corn, it's U.S. and Mexico. Give us an update on what's going on down there as far as uh, what their president, uh, Labrador, has proposed and uh, what needs to be done to rectify what a lot of people, everybody in this country, thinks uh, some wrong thinking. 
Well, that's a very timely question. We um, spent the last week really focusing on this issue. As of right now, the decree is set to go into effect on January 31st, 2024. This week, obviously, was January 31st, 2023, and we took the opportunity to draw a lot of attention to that issue, both on Capitol Hill and, and within national media. Um, we hosted a, a congressional briefing on the issue on Tuesday, coinciding with the, the one-year mark, and we were fortunate to be joined by our president, Tom Haig, um, the chair of the Nebraska Corn Growers Association, Andy Jobman, Congressman Adrian Smith, who represents the 3rd District of Nebraska, and acting deputy undersecretary for trade at USDA, Jason Halfmeister. Um, we had about 70 folks in the room, Hill staff, um, learning about this issue and, and why it's so critical to corn growers. You know, we, we've kind of taken the position that, that we would like to see the administration issue a dispute settlement under USMCA, and, and we're not quite there yet, but um, we feel like we're moving in the right direction. The administration has taken a strong position on this issue. We're extremely grateful the position that they've taken, um, you know, even most recently within the last week, rejecting Mexico's proposal. That was a huge step. So we're all working together. We're collaborating very well, and, and we have reason to be optimistic on this issue. Now, the issue. Explain the issue, because it has to do with GMOs and how much that would affect our corn exports to Mexico. Well, Mexico is our number one export market for corn historically. Four out of the past five years, Mexico was our number one market. We have studies showing that the economic impact of, of this decree would be a loss to the U.S. economy of $73.89 over 10 years. Now, what's the decree? Explain what the decree is and what Mr. Obrador is wanting to change as far as U.S.-Mexico trade in taking our corn. Yes, absolutely. So President AMLO issued a decree in 2020 that would ban the imports of biotech corn by January 31st, 2024. Um, you know, as you know, we, we do not think that that's working under sound science. We are concerned about the precedent that that sets with our other trading partners in international markets and, you know, are, are looking to the administration to stand up and, and say that this is unacceptable. In Derry, we've got dispute panels set up over Canada. How far along are we as this administration taking action against uh, Mexico's proposed changes in just one year now from where we are? So the news this week that, that the administration rejected kind of a compromise proposal that Mexico had offered was great news. That was very welcome, um, and, and, and we're very thankful to the administration for taking that strong stance. Um, you know, these things kind of take time. We don't believe that there's much time left, but, but the signals that we've received for the administration is that this is a priority. They are focusing on this, moving the ball down the court. Um, and again, the corn growers, what's going on? Ann Fredrickson with the corn growers out of Washington, D.C., and that situation she talked about with Mexico Still unresolved. You know, they won't take our GMO corn only for special circumstances. And uh, we're charging them with violations of the U.S.-Canada-Mexico Free Trade Agreement. And uh, it's going to some kind of a panel. And then it'll go to a dispute panel. I know they put all kinds of things in there that you got to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to uh, get anything done. But uh, the ball is still rolling forward. That still has not been resolved. We'll see if it gets resolved here in the near future. 28 minutes after 5 o'clock. And again, snow ending, but it's not going to be gone because we're going to have some more over the weekend, it looks like. I don't know how much. Mike Dandrew will talk to us here in a, in a few minutes as uh, we got uh, lots of things going on. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
Well, I don't know what is going to happen, but it should happen pretty soon, and that's the gas price. I follow that oil, crude oil. April crude oil yesterday down another 78 cents. That's about, oh, around $4 or better lower in the last uh, three days, down to 75.88. But gas in Eau Claire a few days ago was 3.08 a gallon. Now it's 3.39. Of course, as fast as it changes, it might be changed from the time I drove by this morning. But again, there's gas prices should be coming down. How this how this whole system works is anybody's guess because it is uh talk about cartels. We've got them in the United States. They're called gas cartels. But again, April crude oil yesterday again went down seventy eight cents to seventy five eighty eight is the price of a crude oil barrel right now. All right, we're going to catch up with uh, Mike Dandria and uh, get an update on the weather. But first of all, let's catch up with Morgan McCarthy this morning and find out what's going on with the news. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Overnight, an officer was struck while attending to a crash on I-94. This was just before 10 Thursday night. Dunn County Sheriff's Office and Menominee Fire Department dispatched for a vehicle crash on I-94 near mile marker 33. This was in the township of Lucas. A trooper was investigating a crash and was struck by a passing vehicle. While well, was outside of the patrol car, standing alongside a pickup truck on the right shoulder of the freeway, when a westbound sedan approached the scene, struck the trooper and the pickup truck he was standing alongside. Now, the road conditions last night were snow-covered and slippery. The people in the vehicle not injured. The trooper taken by ambulance to an area hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The crash remains under investigation. Well, prosecutors in Dunn County have cleared three officers in a deadly shooting from January. The DA yesterday said a Dunn County deputy and two Menominee police officers were justified when they shot and killed 45-year-old Nicholas Cicerelli after a traffic stop. Police were looking for Cicerelli after a reported home invasion and say that he pointed his gun at one of the officers before they shot him. The DA says... The officers had no other choice as Cicerelli was high on meth at the time. See the full release online, 715newsroom.com. Well, two anti-reckless driving plans have rounded the curve at the first hurdle of the Wisconsin Capitol Assembly panel approving a proposal to increase fines and jail time for reckless drivers, as well as another plan that would make it easier for police to impound the cars of people caught driving recklessly. There's an expectation that Governor Evers may sign these if they make it to the desk. Well, from public health, say, ah, I might want mom to look at that throat, strep throat, making its way across our state. State's Department of Health Services this week saying there has been an uptick in the number of cases turning up in doctors' offices and hospitals. So as usual, most of the cases making the rounds in kiddos and parents. You should get tested if you have a fever and a sore throat. Sometimes strep can turn into something worse. And sleep. That's the elusive thing that we all need, right? And, of course, a reminder that we spring ahead with the clock, still aren't leaving those alone. But what can that actually mean? Well, a doctor here of Sleep Cycle says it can kind of disrupt your body's clock. Our circadian rhythm is not aligned, at least for the first few days, with the light-dark cycle that we're experiencing outside. But, of course, no matter whether you have enough sleep or not, those chores have to be done. So we head back to the barn with Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. I think she's uh, shoveling out in the back, shoveling snow this morning, so she's busy. All right, hey, how about uh, we catch up with our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions, and Mike Dandry is over in the weather room at Skywarn 13. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How much you figure we got? My drive, about four inches? Actually, our uh, latest NWS report just came out about an hour ago, six and a half inches. Well, I was going to say it seemed like maybe more than that, but I thought, well... 
I better be conservative. And that's more than we <laughs> thought we were going to get up this way, wasn't it? It is a little, yeah. We had a little bit of a fluffier snow than initially anticipated, too. So that added to those accumulations. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't take away from the fact that we really need to take our time on the roadways. How was your drive-in this morning, Bob? Oh, not bad. I got my truck, so um, uh, that's fair. It's, it's not a problem. But I would imagine it's kind of light and fluffy. It's not that heavy, wet stuff. So don't get too close to those snow plows this morning or you're not going to be able to see. They're going to really throw <laughs> right. up some clouds. Yep, that is for sure. And uh, I used to have a truck and I kind of wish I did on a day like today, but I digress on that. We are expecting to see a little bit more snow to take us into the latter half of the morning, but by this afternoon, we'll see a more cloudy sky. Conditions will be rather quiet for our Friday afternoon. Through tonight, mostly cloudy, lows dipping into the low 20s. Tomorrow brings another chance at snow showers and the possibility of some accumulations once again going into Sunday afternoon. Now, temperatures are expected to hang out around the freezing point over the next couple of days. Monday into the upper 20s for our highs, but we dry things out as sunshine returns on Tuesday. A little bit warmer, highs back into the mid-30s. And Wednesday brings us another chance at some precipitation, likely a little bit more rain than snow as we are expected to warm up into the low 40s, and that's where we hang out for Thursday as well. But right now, we still have some light snow falling and a temperature of 27 degrees and a wind chill of 19 in Eau Claire. Ah, it's pretty out there, though, isn't it? It is very pretty. Yeah, it certainly is. So uh, this is not making the ice fishermen very happy, though. More snow across the across the lake. <laughs> I was going to say, this, uh, this whole winter really hasn't been great for ice fishing. I mean, there were some lakes, especially up north, that got some decent amounts of ice, yeah. but... We really didn't get that cold. No, it really didn't. And I hear reports of people going throughout Barron County just had a situation where that happened. I, I saw you guys reporting on that. So yep. who got the most? Was it down south, southeast? As of right now, with the NWS reports that came out, we'll have more coming out at a uh, little after 6. But as of right now, Eau Claire is actually the most. Granton, really? Yeah, got 6.5. Granton got 6 inches. Um, I believe, what was it, Mondovi got five. Do they give you the whole state? I mean, I'm thinking of Portage, the Dells, Madison. They don't give you that? Well, other offices do. We're looking okay. m- mostly at the uh, Twin Cities and the All lacrosse right. offices. But okay. I would assume further down south, they probably got a little bit more than that. And out towards Green Bay, it looks like they're seeing some heavier rates of snow, too. All right. Equal opportunity snow, huh? <laughs> yes, that is for sure. Have a good weekend. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. There we go. That's Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13. Yeah, but six inches. Uh, I was going to say four to five, but uh, he said six, six and a half around the Eau Claire area. So, again, get up, get some chores done. Get some snow mood as we look at our weather and our news on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Friday morning at Wax, 27 degrees. Taking a look at more news before we get to some of our markets. We told you about uh, Derek Van Orden, our 3rd District Congressman, being among those in the House introducing the Bipartisan Dairy Pride Act. That's a labeling bill, meaning... Almonds and all kinds of soybeans and seeds, plants, algae, and nut producers no longer use dairy terms if the bill passes. But uh, that's a big if. But it has been introduced now in both the House and the Senate. But other food labels also making the news. That's because USDA officials released new requirements that would allow labels on meat, poultry, or eggs to say product of the USA only if those products come from animals that are born, raised, slaughtered, and processed in this country. That would be a change from previous policy that allowed voluntary use of labels on products from animals.
that were imported from a foreign country and then processed in the U.S., as well as for meat that has been imported and then repackaged or gone through more processing before being sold to consumers. Labeling, a very touchy issue in the FDA. You know, I wonder whose side they're on or what they're looking at as far as the rules that they have. And again today, later on this morning, the uh, finalists for Alice in Dairyland will be identified down in Walworth County. That's where the finals will be coming up in May. So again, look for that. See if we got any from our area. Hopefully we do. And we're getting into spring, and you know what that means. The birds, the wild birds, are going to be flying back. So if you've got poultry and you can keep them protected, uh, keep them inside while the migration is going on. But as we get into spring, the increasing threat of avian influenza is upon us again. And last year, of course, we had one of the worst outbreaks ever in Wisconsin. 29 domestic flocks in 18 counties were confirmed with the flu and nationwide more than 58 and a half million birds had to be destroyed making it the largest animal disease outbreak in u.s history that is more than we had in 2014 2015 bird flu outbreak but again as we get into the migrating season as the birds are coming north protect your flocks also some things coming up beef cow calf workshop and bull test open house tomorrow at uw river falls That'll be at the Man Valley Farm in River Falls, so you're invited to to attend that. The presentations will begin about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Also, of course, the Wisconsin Airshare Breeders Annual Meeting is going on over in Green Bay today and tomorrow. That'll be at the Tundra Lodge in Green Bay. Also, the nomination period is open for producers on the Wisconsin Milk or, well, milk Marketing Board, the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, their name now, the Board of Directors. And uh, you have until March 31st to nominate someone that's a dairy farmer in District 1. That's all the northern counties, Ashland, Bayfield, Burnett, Douglas, Iron, Russ, Sawyer, and Washburn counties. District 4, Barron and Polk counties. District 7, Clark County. District 13, Buffalo, Pepin, and Pierce counties. Again, those nominations must be in by March 31st. And uh, they'll have the uh, election, mail ballot election, May 20 or May 1st through the 26th. And then about uh, 1st of July, those that are elected or re-elected will get their seats. And they'll run through June 30th of 2026. So again... Milk Marketing Board elections coming up right now. It's time to nominate, folks, nine seats in all. But, again, that's District 1, 4, 7, and 13 in our area. And also coming up next week, don't forget, the uh, equity annual meeting is coming up Monday, right away, Monday the 13th, for Altoona and Barron. That'll be at the Off-Broadway Banquet Center in Menominee. That'll start at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then also Monday night, they'll travel south for the Sparta Sale Barn annual meeting. Beatles Bar and Restaurant, that's in Centerville, and that'll be about 7 o'clock. And then next Friday, St. Patrick's Day, for the Stratford Sale Barn at the Country Air, just north of Stratford. That'll be at 11 o'clock. In the morning, also on March 13th, don't forget, the uh, Chippewa County Producer-Led Watershed Council having a meeting on March 13th in Kadat. And uh, you're invited to attend all citizens interested in improving water quality in the county to attend an educational network session, 1130 on Monday, March 13th, at the Getz Town Hall 
in Kadat. So uh, again, we're into the busy, busy meeting season. So if you are interested in those meetings, go ahead and get involved. Time we got 17 minutes before 6 o'clock and markets to get to as well this morning. But if you're hungry, here's a good place to go get some meat. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's quarter to six, almost 14 minutes before six o'clock on a Friday morning. Not bad, 27 degrees out there. We'll get about 35 as the snow showers will end, but uh, they're coming back tomorrow and over the weekend, I guess, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, be prepared for that. I don't think anything it's going to be too uh, too. Uh, scary as far as getting travel done but again just be aware of it and if you're going to uh green bay today hopefully you're on the road already because chippewa falls mcdonald's plays about i think about 9 905 this morning so you got a little more than three hours to get over to green bay hopefully they're getting green bay or getting green bay cleared out and 29 cleared out so you can get across the state chippewa falls mcdonald about nine and about a half an hour after that the blair taylor girls will play in the cha- in the uh, first round of the tournament over there in Green Bay. Unfortunately, Colfax lost last night, but Lacrosse Aquinas, Aquinas did win, so uh, one out of two, that's not bad. Could be better. Hopefully, we'll get both of them so we get McDonald and Blair Taylor in the championship on Saturday, but we'll wait and see. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 27 degrees. Uh, I think I heard Mike say we got about six inches in Eau Claire, five to six, and about the same Grant and Nielsville. So uh, we've got a good chunk of snow around here. Nice light snow to move around, but uh, be careful. Let the plows do their work. Well, let's go to work over at the Altoona Equity Barn. Jim Lindsay tells us what happened at yesterday's sale. Choice beef steers and heifers dollars thirty to a dollar fifty eight. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollars thirty to a dollar fifty five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar forty four to a dollar fifty five. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty to a dollar forty three. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar twenty nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from eighty two to ninety two at the top of ninety four and a half. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty six to eighty one. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty five and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar fifteen to a dollar forty. Bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar fourteen and down. Call bulls sold from ninety five to a dollar ten. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from seventy five to two hundred and fifteen dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from seventy five dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from one hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars per head. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March 17th. We will also be having a special bread beef cow sale here at the barn on Saturday, March 25th. All feeder sales and the bread beef cow sale will be live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder for either sale or to register as a bidder for Cattle USA, please feel free to call the market at 715-835-3104. Our early consignments are listed on the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page. Just go there and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald on a Friday morning. You shovel the snow off. Uh, no, that'd be a no right now. We're just gonna we're gonna kind of pace ourselves and have breakfast first. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea. Is it stopped over there where you are in Marathon County? Uh, it's uh, still a little bit yet okay. showing up on the radar, but there's still some coming. It looks like probably be eight thirty nine o'clock before it's kind of through Marathon County here. But uh, you know, Bob, uh, 
Mother Nature's got to get uh, her priorities kind of straightened out. Or what was wrong with the years ago when we used to get snow in December, January, and February? March, it would warm up and melt, and we could be in the fields by uh, April, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's only March 10th. we we got a lot of March to go yet, and you know what weather in March can be. It's a girls' basketball tournament in Green Bay this weekend, so you got to have snow. Who knows what we'll have for St. Patrick's Day for the yeah, boys? Well, I uh, guess uh, on St. Patty's Day, we uh, the, the weather isn't really the priority item, so we don't <laughs> care how bad it is. <laughs> that is for sure. Well, wrap up the week over there at Stratford, Jer. Better do that. Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Stratford on the call market yesterday. Uh, idling fleshy Holstein cows yesterday's auction. We're selling mostly from uh, 82 to 90. Uh, earlier in the week, we had a lot of these cows sell from 93 to a top of a dollar. So in summary for the week, most of the cows this week, are most of the high-yielding cows, we're selling from 85 to 94, like I said, a top of a dollar in the cows. And uh, the majority of the cows this past week, uh, 68 to 88, thinner light carcass cows, 65 and below. On the bull trade so far this week, uh, wrapped up the week here, 92 to a dollar 10 on the bulls, lighter bulls below 90. Fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers, 148 to 160. Um, that was a choice grading beef steers and heifers, 148 to 160. Choice grading Holstein steers, uh, selling mostly from $1.30 to $1.45. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 145 to 149. Select grading under finished cattle, 130 and below. On the conventional, uh, rather on the organic cows, those sell on Tuesday. High yielding organic cows on Tuesday from 140 to 154. Calf market can continue to be very, very strong this week. Good quality Holstein bull calves yesterday, 100 to 250. Earlier in the week, a lot of bull calves selling from 250 to a top of 280. Uh, heifer calves this week, mostly 50 and below. Beef calves, very, very strong, 200 to 485. Extreme top this week on those did reach 510. So we have concluded the week uh, here at Stratford. Full marketing week on tap for next week including our nest hay auction on next Tuesday, and our next feeder cattle auction will be next Wednesday. Again, information on our upcoming sales on our website, and you can uh, access that by clicking on Equities, equities page, click on, the, click on the Stratford page, and we'll have all that information. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, Bob, annual district meeting here for Equities Stratford one week from today at uh, Country Air in Stratford. So, folks, uh, be careful shoveling snow. There's a lot of it, and I uh, guess... Another big round coming in when Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, I don't know if it's a big round, but there'll be more snow in the forecast out there. So it's March. We're used to it. Hey, you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Bob. Thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, looking at the rest of our markets, the Board of Trade a little lower yesterday. Some market liquidation started out higher, and then uh, the bottom kind of fell out. Also, some hangover from the USDA report, and traders still uncertain about the size of the South American crops. Looking at July futures overnight, July corn up a penny at 603. The oats down 6343. Wheat down 1 to 2 at 678. Soybeans down a nickel at fourteen ninety three, and soybean meal four hundred and seventy four dollars down three ninety. Country elevator prices at Northside Elevator and Loyal: the corn five sixty one, the beans fourteen thirty nine today at Arcadia. Corn five seventy four, the beans at fourteen forty nine. Wheat and grain: Chippewa Falls corn five fifty seven, soybeans fourteen forty five. Connorsville location five fifty seven on the corn fourteen forty on the beans on the DTN screen. Golden Plump has corn at five seventy eight today. 
Baldwin, 566, with the beans, 1443, a Duran corn, 561, soybeans, 1438, Mondovi and Elmwood both have corn at 566, soybeans at Mondovi, 1443, at Elmwood, 1448, Fall Creek, 552 on the corn, 1418 on the beans, Osseo corn, 571, the beans, 1448, Elk Mound, 567 and 1444, down at Sparta, corn is 561, the beans, 1441, Ellsworth, 541 on the corn, 1398 on the beans. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 578. Stanley, 568. New Richmond Grain Facility, 560. Dairy markets higher yesterday. Barrel cheese up three and three quarters, 173 and a half. Blocks up two and three quarters, 182 and a half. The butter up a quarter at 233 and a quarter. March class three up eight, 1776. April up 24 at 1775. May also up 24 at 1799. June and July were both up 17 cents. June 1840 and July at 1897. Prices were higher through October. Again, maybe a little more snow in the forecast for tomorrow and Sunday should be ending now. A little bit later on this morning for a while, so you can get it moved. Should be nice. About 35 today, 27 right now. And good luck to Chippewa Falls McDonald and the Blair Taylor girls. It's state tournament time in Green Bay. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.